0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, May 20th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farmers thankful, but look for more. Trump takes on USMCA and EPA chief faces Senate grilling amid biofuel fight. Northy, further round of aid likely. Commodity groups are applauding the U.S. Department of Agriculture for moving forward with the new $16 billion coronavirus relief program. But many groups say the payments won't be nearly as large as they need to be and are renewing their appeals to Congress for additional funding. Tom Stenzel of the United Fresh Produce Association said, quote, We understand the resource and policy constraints that have been placed on USDA and the administration and will work closely with Congress on implementing a stronger and more effective program in the next round of discussion with Capitol Hill. Bill Northey. USDA's Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation tells AgriPulse the program is designed only to cover losses on 2019 crops, and he expects to be working on another version of the program down the road. It makes sense not to make 2020 crops eligible for CFAP while farmers are still planting, but at some point Congress is going to say there's an impact on 2020 crops, he said. Nor also expecting a number of commodities to appeal for inclusion in the current program, which is part of the reason that USDA is going to prorate the initial round of payments. For more on the program, including a look at who's in and who's out, be sure and read this week's Acropulse newsletter. Biden Talks Rule Issues Former Vice President Joe Biden will talk about rural policy issues today during a virtual roundtable with Wisconsin Congressman Ron Kind. That event set for 11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Trump's cattle import ban at odds with USMCA. Did President Donald Trump just take a step back on one of his biggest accomplishments in trade policy? The new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement keeps in place the North American Free Trade Agreement's open borders for most farm commodities. But Trump appeared to challenge that yesterday with the threat to terminate agreements that allow cattle imports into the U.S. I read yesterday where we take some cattle in from other countries because we have trade deals. Trump said at the White House event to announce the CFAP payments. I think you should look at terminating those deals. We have trade deals where we actually take in cattle, and we have a lot of cattle in this country. And I think you should look at the possibility of terminating those trade deals. Keep in mind, there was soft but immediate pushback from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's CEO, Colin Woodall. Live cattle imports to the United States only come from Canada and Mexico and will continue to do so under the terms of the president's newly negotiated USMCA. By the way, a Department of Agriculture spokesperson offered a statement to Agripulse last night saying it is critical that beef trade markets remain open. President Trump always wants to make sure we are doing everything possible to help our farmers and ranchers succeed, so he is continually and rightfully making sure all our existing trade agreements work in their best interests. the spokesperson added. Groups Laud-Strengthened U.S. Stand on Food Names Several U.S. food and farm groups are applauding the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for a new policy that strengthens the U.S. stance on allowing the use of geographic wording that does not indicate geographic origin for food names. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office essentially lays out the process and reasoning behind a producer being able to produce a product like a Frankfurter, without it necessarily being produced in Frankfurt, Consortium for Common Food Names Director Jamie Castaneda, at a joint release from CCFN, the United Dairy Export Council, the National Milk Producers Federation, North American Meat Institute, National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, and American Farm Bureau Federation says... The new language, quote, sets a global example for a system that fairly protects truly distinctive products and common name goods alike. Why it's important? Well, the European Union is waging worldwide campaign to restrict the use of food names they call geographic indicators. They want to stop companies in the U.S. and elsewhere from being able to use names like Asiago and Rofort. GOP Senators to EPA – Lower Biofuel Mandates The Chairman of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, Wyoming Republican John Barrasso, is asking EPA to agree with six governors and Renewable Fuel Standard Blending Obligations for 2020 – A failure to grant in part or in whole the governor's petition would render this provision within the Clean Air Act utterly meaningless, he and other GOP colleagues say in a letter to EPA. Brasso will get a chance to raise the issue directly with EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler when he testifies before the committee today. The governors argue that the cost of complying with the RFS has tripled since January 2nd. EPA mulls requiring public input on guidance. EPA is proposing to require for the first time that the public has a chance to weigh in on the agency's significant guidance documents. A proposed rule developed by the agency includes a broad definition of significant, ensuring public comment on virtually all EPA guidance. The EPA said guidance documents come in a variety of formats, including interpretive memoranda, policy statements, manuals, bulletins, advisories, and more. Mark Ryan, an environmental lawyer in Washington and former attorney at EPA, says in a blog post that the proposal could affect the Clean Water Act. The agency's rampant guidance set the test for CWA jurisdiction for 12 years, he notes. The big takeaways, he said, are the new need to go through public notice and comment and a new provision to allow the public to petition EPA to withdraw or modify existing guidance documents. This is going to create a huge new workload for EPA and will likely lead to new avenues for litigation. Democrats appeal for ag input on climate policy. The Senate Democrats' Special Committee on the Climate Crisis is reaching out to the agricultural community to see what kind of help farmers need to address temperature extremes, drought, and other consequences of the warming climate. In a letter to rule and ag stakeholders, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin and other members of the Special Committee ask who is best equipped to deliver technical assistance to farmers. They also want to know the key barriers to adoption of the most promising practices to improve resiliency and sequester carbon. The letter asks for response by June 19th. Vilsack, dairy less vulnerable to COVID-19 outbreaks. As the nation washes meatpacking plants slowly come back online after COVID-19 outbreaks, Top dairy leaders don't see the dairy processing system having the same challenges. The dairy industry, because of the way in which it has automated and improved and modernized its processing operations, is less vulnerable and a bit more resilient, said Tom Vilsack, President and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council and former Agriculture Secretary. The dairy processing system could be used as a model moving forward as other ag processors look for ways to prevent a pandemic from stopping production again, he said. Here's today's, he said it. You can go back to Abraham Lincoln. There's no president that's treated the farmers like Trump. That president, Donald Trump announcing the coronavirus food assistance program yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, May 20th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen.